Hi, it's Jennifer Diane Ghostin, and welcome to Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. You may have wondered what reunion looks like from an adoptee's point of view, or be embarking upon taking that journey yourself to search for your first family, or simply want confirmation that you are not alone in your experience, wherever you are on the path of healing and pushing through a trauma. Wouldn't it be empowering to have many of your burning questions answered here? My next guest has a birthday in the very near future, so happy birthday, Michael. We met several months ago during an online Google meetup with Adoption Network Cleveland and hit it off right away. It's impossible not to notice that being warm and most engaging with the adoption community and people in general comes natural to him as an adoptee. When I asked Michael if he would like to have a conversation for the podcast about his experience in reunion as recent as this past April with his birth mom, he said if it will help just one person, then it will be worth it. He expressed to me that he grew up in a loving home with two sisters, one adopted and the other a biological child. But that had nothing to do with wanting to one day reunite with his birth mother. I too believe that you can have a love-filled home and still want to know your original family. In listening today, you will hear how bumps in the road for a decade were not going to be a deterrent in keeping a mother and son from being together again. Allow me to introduce you to Michael, a friend for life. I'm glad you agree to do this because I really want to talk to you. I know okay. we met through Adoption Network Cleveland, the Google Meetup group, right? That's right. Yeah. And so you shared some of your story with me, but I'd like you to share whatever you choose from beginning or wherever you want to start. I guess where I started is where I was born. So I was born in Columbus, Ohio. Well, I was raised with two wonderful parents, two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister, one adopted and one my parents' natural child. I've always known I was adopted. I didn't find out any information until I was about 14 or 15 when my older sister got pregnant and her social worker said, you want me to get your non-identifying information because that's all you could get from the state of Ohio at that time. So I got that, and that's when I started thinking, like, hmm, I'd like to find her. So I didn't have enough money to hire a private detective until I was about 29. 29, after my first marriage, I was like, you know, I'm going to focus on trying to find my birth mother. So I spent $1,100. Wow. It took a a couple years for me to get any information at all. So you spent $1,100 and really got little information very little information but i i got one piece of information that was very helpful it was it was her last name and that was in 0708 i took that information with all the new social media stuff going on with facebook all the internet stuff going on i could like um and our business kind of slowed down at that time with recession in 0809 so it gave me time at the office just to like just be a private investigator and like type in this name. I just didn't realize how many people in this country have that name. Mm. So I was just like calling people out of the blue, like, hey. And I, I knew that she was the oldest of seven children, which helped out. That was like a, that was a big piece of information. 
I thought I started just asking people if, if they were in that type of family. And I finally hit the jackpot about 11 years ago. And through Facebook, I discovered cousins and aunts and uncles. That, so, uh, so was it a common name or not a common name? When you say I you would didn't call think... it not a common name, but I found out it was more common than I thought. Okay, <laughs> put okay. it that way. Right. You know, right. I was like, "Cool, this is like not a very common name." But then I started researching it, and it was like a it's a pretty common name. Okay. Yeah, I, I got all my ducks in a row, and I got all my information on paper. How I searched and found everybody, and I I went through what I knew. I had a half sister, so. I sent her all that information, which at first I just called her. Well, my first phone call actually was to my, her, her brother, my, my mom's brother. Okay. And so your I, uncle, I, I, my uncle. So I asked him, I was like, so you were like in a family of seven with the oldest being a woman named Pat. And he was like, yeah, that sounds like, <laughs> you know, like just an old country guy. You know? right. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like me. So he I'm was like, the first person uh, you reached out to. In the birth family. Well, when I was making all these random phone calls, he was the first one that that was a, a definite hit. I got you. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I was like, wow. And he's like, well, you might need to talk to her daughter, Jen. So I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. And I, I guess I had her. I had this labyrinth of information on all these notebook pieces of paper of, like, who's who and where's what and right. the ages and I love this part of your story, too, <laughs> connecting with Jen. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I talked to her, and, and I, I said, well, ask her about it. And you know, she got back to me and said, like, she says that didn't happen. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so mm. I, got to the, I got to the post office, and I sent her every piece of information that I had. I was like, listen, this is me. I am her son. There's no question about it. So she called me back, and we had we had several conversations. She was like, "I believe you. Mm. I totally believe you." She's just in such denial; she can't face it, and her. So she guess, had mentioned it to your birth mom. She had, yes, yes, okay, she did, okay. and she, my mom, my birth mother, totally denied it and said it wasn't true, and that was about ten or eleven years ago. So every now and then, you know, like on birthdays or Mother's Days, I try to like jump in. And say, Can you just please? Tell her I just want to like talk to her and thank her and you know, that kind of stuff. She would try and wouldn't work. And so we didn't even talk for a couple of years, you know, during that this 10 year period, you know, maybe at, like once or twice a year, but not, not like we do now. Mm-hmm. So, so last year with when COVID started and my, my older sister that I grew up with, she joined the adoption group at, in Cleveland. She suggested started, you to join. She she just said yes, suggested <laughs> I join. So I did, and I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked sharing, and I liked hearing the other similar stories because you only meet like a handful of adopted people in your life. Right. Most of them become like your best friends. You know, I've got two best friends that are both adopted, and we just have that connection. So throughout this past year, I got. You know, Kay obviously on the meetings, and then Jen, my half sister, I had her join a couple meetings because her ex husband was an Alan or an alcoholic or narcotic or whatever. So she's been she's kind of familiar with like the meeting kind of situation, mm-hmm. you know, su- support groups. Right. So through last summer, kind of out of work because I build restaurants and the, like the restaurant 
business just shut down. So just getting the PPP and I had a lot more time to invest in personal, like emotional goals. So I just had a heart to heart with Jen because she said she talks to her like and walks with her three to four times a week. I'm like, so I'm not, I'm here at everything, you know? Right. And so, so I'm building these flags, like in my spare time, like, cause I'm not working. So I'm building these like wooden flags. And I, I built a couple of like Ohio state flag. So I, I sent one to her. It just so happened that mom picked up the UPS package on the front porch and said, Hey, this was on your front porch. And it was from me to Jen. And I said, can you please just have her call me like one day? There's like, I've been asking her this for years. And I, I just, I thought, I don't know if I set like a present or some kind of symbol that I thought if my mom like showed up at her house, she's like, Hey, where'd you get that? It's like uh, from my brother and your son. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I was trying to like make right. like a, a That's a good idea. Know? I like it. <laughs> and I did. And it worked. And yeah. she called me. And the first time we talked, we talked for hours and hours and hours. And that was past this past September. And I talked all throughout the holidays and just became really close and almost like I would call her like my best friend now. Seriously. She's just very easy to talk to. And and you know, sent me a an Advent book to read every day, and then a Lent book to read every day. So we're, you know, she's very Catholic, and I was brought up Catholic, but not so much now practicing. But still, it made me still read it because it's just out of respect for her. And so we were all decided, you know, like what well, we need to meet, and it was going to be this summer. And then, it's like uh, like in March. She called and or we talked and she's like, hey, can I come down in, in April? I was like, oh, my goodness. April is the most beautiful time in this city, like ever, if you don't have allergies. So um, <laughs> her and her husband came down. I mean, it was just probably the, one of the most miraculous weekends because I, I had time to plan for it. And it's a, a very touristy town, so there's a lot to do here. And a lot of restaurants and a lot of restaurants that I build. So I got to take her to a lot of those kind of places, meet the owners. And she's like, wow, you just and I, we were running into people that I've known for years since I've been here 30 plus years. And uh, that is so nice. So it was like a, yeah, it was a really great weekend. Matter of fact, I just went to the mailbox yesterday and she sent me this little miniature Ohio State helmet because she knows I collect like signatures of like athletes and coaches and stuff but of Urban Meyer, a little Ohio State helmet <laughs> with Urban Meyer's signature on it. And the funny thing is I was walking to the mailbox with a postcard to send to her, thanking her for the weekend. And it was a postcard of one of the restaurants that I built, mm-hmm. this, little co- this little coffee shop. So she's going to get that in a couple of days. It's really so, yeah. cool how you all have connected after you had waited a decade, yeah, knowing, yeah, knowing who she was. And that's what's really cool to me about your story, or I'll say inspiring, because mm-hmm. a lot of times people experience what you know what we call secondary rejection, and they basically give up. I thought I was giving up. I mean, I really went through two marriages since that happened. I think it wasn't the right time 10 years ago, and I think it wasn't the right time in her life. So everything happens in... And it's a, time, yeah. It's time. I think definitely under under God's will, that just it has it's, things have to be lined up perfectly. And I think if I would have met her back then, you know, I had stepkids. I think it would have been a little bit more complicated, like situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like your perspective, and and I so agree that uh, the timing was was just not in alignment then. But what what's really cool about what you did is you connected with a group. You stay connected with your sisters. Mm-hmm. It was like you were doing the work in a way. Um, not knowing, because there's no way for you to know that this would happen, <laughs> right, but but right. staying staying interested in wanting it to happen, and and obviously somewhat encouraged through Kay. I'm thinking, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's always been my biggest number one fan. <laughs> and, um, she is so <laughs> cool. Am, She's so uh, yeah, cool. she is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She certainly is. Like I got to give her credit for getting me in this group. I don't think I would have got this far without the group. I know that for a fact. The group is really helpful. I know for me being connected to the adoption community, it has definitely been a big help through so many things. We just understand one another. I think as adoptees, our stories are different, but we are connected just because of that first trauma. So what would you share with those who are interested in searching for original family members? Detective. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a PI. A PI. You're, yeah, you're, you're a, the detective. I'm a detective. <laughs> a former detective, yeah. Right. No, I, I just thought it was fascinating to, to just try to find something and it came to fruition through like a lot of just, oh, just in, to investigating, you know, it was just like, it's really cool. So... I never, you know, for many years, I never thought I was going to find her. And then in the meantime of that 10 years, and not not even in the 10 years, but just in the past year, I was like, well, since I can't connect with her, Tracy, she came back in four to five weeks with just all this information about my birth father. And then I discovered, you know, I've got another older brother, another older sister, a younger brother. You know, my birth father had four kids with three different women. Um, unfortunately he died four to five years ago, but, um, his obituary read, you know, he liked golf, the Cincinnati red, just all the stuff that I liked. It was, <laughs> it was just, it was just like, wow, amazing. And he looked a lot like me. I look like her from the nose down. I look like him from the nose up. So he could just split my face in half and there's no doubt that they're my, you know, biological parents. Mm-hmm. Did you look like your parents that raised you? Not especially. Everyone right. in my family had like blue and like, mainly blue eyes, and I have hazel eyes. So I was, I was a little more darker skinned, I guess, with the, you know, they were more German. I don't know how I got, I always tanned better, put it that way. <laughs> right. So when yeah. you saw, like, I'm sure you had pictures of your birth mom before you met, but when you saw her in person, mm-hmm. oh did that mirroring piece, did it make you feel? Something you've never felt before. Oh, there's no question. It was a feeling that I've never had before and um, a feeling I'll never forget. Right. And even just all weekend, you know, they spent the whole weekend here and we just were just staring at each other. (laughs) And I thought thought there were going to be a lot more tears because we're both really emotional people. But I I, I think all the, at least my tears were held up until they were driving out the driveway. You know? I, don't know, I held it together. I, I don't know why I didn't just let it blurt out, but um, she's very proud of me. Now she's telling all her friends and the relatives that she's kept it a secret from so many years. Like 
her story and about me and planning, you know, for me to come up there sometime this summer and have everyone meet me. So that's, that's another big milestone that I'm looking forward to. I don't know how I'm going to handle being the center of attention that that much. <laughs> oh, it'll be cool. You'll enjoy yeah. it. Because you're outgoing and you're you're really, um, yeah. yeah, you're easy to be around. And so it'll be great. I know it will. I think that'd be a good topic. Like, you know, how was it when you actually were the big center of attention with the big family and like everyone's like staring at you? <laughs> right. Yeah. So So everybody knows the story pretty much now, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. This question I'm about to ask you is when I ask all male adoptees because... I think there are some unique challenges for male adoptees versus female adoptees. Do you think so? And if so, what are they? Well, I I grew up with a female adoptee, and we both struggled, so it seemed like very equal in my world. I was talking to a male adoptee yesterday about this, and his take, women may be a little more in touch with their feelings or a little bit more... I guess willing to be vulnerable, so to speak, and and oh, it yeah. sounds like you're you're much. <laughs> you don't know me. I was gonna say, but you, but there the there are the exceptions, and you are as he is, right. you know, really in touch mm-hmm. with his feelings. I know so many male adoptees that tell me, I don't care, I'm not interested, I, you know, I'm fine, mm-hmm. and. Females don't tend to take that position. Once I began the search, it was like my lifelong dream to find her. I didn't expect it would happen, you know, especially throughout some of the, you know, the years of just more rejection. So I I think, um, no, I've always been just an emotional open book. Mm -hmm. Always put myself out there to be vulnerable, to just feel feelings and what happens, happens. And I've never really been closed up per se as far as feelings go yeah and and i'm sure that has been empowering for you and i guess i i I would want (laughs) yeah yeah that's true but i would want that for all male adoptees you know Mm -hmm. to not be disempowered by the fear of rejection far too often male adoptees they don't show up like you and, and and i know a lot that do but in comparison to female adoptees. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know anybody that likes rejection. <laughs> I hate rejection. But I've, you know what I've done? You know what's interesting, Mike, about rejection? Hmm. I've reframed it. And I reframe it kind of on a regular basis. Because, you know, we're going to get rejected right. at mm-hmm. times. And I just look at, well, it's just, like you were saying earlier, the timing. It's the time. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. ever. It just means not yet. It could just be that's not a good fit. And I'm thinking it is, but it really isn't because there's always a bigger picture. And I don't have to be harmed by rejection. I guess that's what I'm saying. Well, I also think that I guess the avenues of release of just my feelings when I when I write my poetry, just it just gets out of me. Then I can just read it again and share it. And it just that helps me clear or not clear, but like look inside of the way I feel and then read it back to myself to understand it a little bit, to understand the feeling more, you know? Mm-hmm. And you do write beautiful poetry. I'm so glad you sent me your book. And and therein lies probably another answer. I think people yeah. who write, men or women, who write, mm-hmm. that is healing. 
and that maybe that is another way to be more or better in touch with your feelings. Do you have a favorite poem? Uh, probably. All of them. <laughs> uh, lucky, lucky, the one I wrote about my birth mother, just lucky to be here. Yeah, yeah. I like lucky. It's, I mean, it's kind of a long-winded one, but it's really to the to the heart. I mean, it's really deep into my heart. Mm-hmm. And after talking to her and asking her questions about how she was feeling at that time when she was 19 and you know, what she was going through, and it just it just it just helps me to answer the questions of you know whether I was you know I didn't know if I was like a product of rape or something you know just you have so many question marks mm-hmm. in your brain about how you got here right. and, and so she's answered all of those she answered all really of your cool. questions isn't that wonderful yes yes mm. it is. Mm-hmm. I am and so she, happy about that for you yeah it's really cool and we're a lot we're just a lot alike we got a lot of the same mannerism you know, we both write lists a lot, which is kind of cool. We both love plants and <laughs> landscaping and just nature. And yeah, there's no question in the world that she's like my my mother. Right. That's beautiful. But I definitely do not discount my parents that raised me. They did. They I, they did such. Um, I don't know how they got through what I went through when I was a teenager. You know, I discounted them i said you're not my parents blah 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 i'd yell at them i was very delinquent and so there's a little bit difficult time through that that time frame where you know Kay was pregnant and i was going through delinquency to say the least mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't know how we all turned out okay <laughs> but we did <laughs> yeah I um I think yeah adoptive parents sometimes they do go through some things. I was somewhat rebellious preteen. I just remember wanting to run away. I, I, and yeah. I think I got to the end of the block and I realized <laughs> I realized what side my bread was buttered on. And no. um and like no. you, I had really great parents. They um no. they wanted the best for me education. Mm-hmm. I I wanted for nothing. The only exception was. I choose to think my adoptive mom was being protective of me and didn't have the language to say, when you're older, you should search. or When you're older, I'll support you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did have a good adoptive experience because so many adoptees don't. And then they still have the birth family they want to be in reunion with, and sometimes that still doesn't work. And what would you say is the most rewarding thing about being connected to the adoption community and adoption network Cleveland. I would say the best thing is to hear the stories of whether they're similar or not. There's so many people out there, like like me and Kay and and you and just all of us that have the same the same feelings of rejection and abandonment and just those feelings that people don't understand that we have and right. they're not they're not they're not legitimized and understood by all and it's almost like taken as an ex like you're just making an excuse kind of thing throughout your life and it's it's not it's like it's just real i mean mm-hmm. those are real, it's a those real, real feelings yeah it's a real trauma it is well is there anything you want to say to the the adoption community before we go oh, i just love everybody i've always that's another one of my favorite poems i've always looked throughout 
and I'm sure people can relate to this, but you just look into a crowd and you're like, who is related to me? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and you just like look, look for those little similarities and like maybe like an eye or a nose or a mouth or a chin or whatever. You just, it's like you, you've lived that your whole life, like, like from like this outside of the bubble looking in and just don't know where you really come from you see like the, the the family that you grew up with and they all look the same i mean they look like a herd of sheep and you just <laughs> don't feel you don't you feel like a little black sheep out there like yeah you don't look like anybody here right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so like I, I, that was a difficult um thing even though there was the most loving family in the world you know another large family and I think it was more inside of me that was having the internal problem than them accepting me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it, so. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to have a conversation, and and I I think you'll really feel better. You'll feel so good having done this. And the reason I yeah. say that is because that's what everybody's telling me. It was. Okay. Yeah. It, I just want to help one person. And you will. That's the beauty of it. You absolutely will. So thank you, Mike. Thank you, Jennifer. Okay, I'll just want to stay in touch with you. You're a wonderful soul. Oh, and you are too. I'm so glad our paths crossed. And yeah, we'll stay in touch. And I'm definitely going to get to North Carolina one day. I've never been. I'm looking forward to it. And I'll be sure and let you know. Okay, sounds great. Michael is the epitome of keeping the faith. He was determined to do his part in creating the opportunity to meet his birth mom face to face. It would be 10 years of waiting for the beautiful reunion that continues to keep on giving each time he grows closer to his maternal birth family. Michael is a writer of poetry. Did you catch that? Writing might be one of the most useful tools for adoptees to turn wounds into scars. I like how Michael says that upon reunion, there is no question that his birth mom is his mother. Michael is a true builder in his line of work and in his relationships. He inspires me to continue to be a builder too. Perhaps the most important thing that he shared with me is that he understands how things happen in their own time. I so agree. Thank you, Michael, for creating the time for a wonderful conversation with me about your journey. In closing, I'd like to give a shout-out to Adoption Network Cleveland for being a tremendous value to the adoption community, a bridge builder for adoptees and other members of their constellation. If you like Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land, Leave a review, subscribe, give a rating, tell a friend or someone who you believe might find value in it. Remember to share this podcast on social media to spread the word. Hashtag AdopteeLand.